when I had come down this hill, I had seen this creature cross the road. It would have ripped my locked door from my truck, extracted me from my vehicle, and there would have been a damn thing I could have done about it. This thing, I got to notice in its eyes. Its eyes was real, real evil, real sinister looking. You know, the look it was giving me. Welcome to Bigfoot Hotspot Radio, Sasquatch Chronicles. I'm your host, Wes, along with my brother, Woody, and researcher, author, and friend, William Jeffy. Let's start the show. I guess we should start off by talking a little bit again, uh, as Wes mentioned on the last show, about the changes that are upcoming with the show and, and the website and everything. Everybody was a little beside themselves thinking that the show was going to go away uh, or that they were going to have to pay for it and not be able to listen to it if they didn't want to pay for it, but they're actually going to be getting a combination of both. We're going to be adding a lot more content to the show. Well, yeah, I mean, we're going to be adding more content to the show, and I'm kind of excited about doing this because I think it'll free up a lot of all of our times to devote more to the show and make the show, add more content, make the shows longer. I'd like to do a couple shows a week. I think it'd be kind of cool to do a couple shows a week. So there's a lot of changes that are coming with the show, but I would love to, you know, how do we devote more time to the show? You know, all of us work full time. All of us have outside jobs and we've been doing this basically on our free time away from our families and, and by creating free content and creating paid content. Um, and I'm hoping a lot of our audience members, a lot of our, uh, people who listen will support us by paying for some of the paid content. It's not going to be a lot, maybe a couple bucks a month. Uh, and I'd like to expand the show out. Like I said before, I'd like to create the video content. We have a great website that we're, we're putting up and I, I've had a first glance at the website. The website's awesome. It's going to be a great website and I'd like to create more in there for people to go to. When they're researching the subject, you know, there's a lot of things I want to put in writing on the website. There's places I want to put for reports so people can go and and look up different reports. You know, I want to take what's being done out there right now and make it a hundred times better and have a hundred times more of the information on the subject so that when people have an encounter or have known someone who's had an encounter or just have a general interest, the place they'll go to will be hopefully our site and will have all of the information that they'll ever need or the most that we can ever get at this point until uh, someone drags in a body or, you know, because we've talked a lot in the past about the behaviors and, and enough. 
we've had enough encounters of people describing what they're running into, I think, to where we can get somewhat of a big picture on what's going on out there. By creating paid content and also having free content, uh, it'll really enable us to deliver a better show. And the show is going to change a little bit down the road, but it's going to change for the better, and it's going to be a better show. But I want to remind everyone out there again, I'm not going to, you know, Will and I and Shannon, we're not just going to take the show away from people and say, well, if you want the show now, uh, you have to pay. There's still going to be a lot of free content out there for people to listen to. And I really hope people support us. And I will say most of the uh, feedback we've gotten from people has been really supportive. And also, Wes, another question that I've been I've been getting is as far as uh, maybe a video side of things, are we going to try to take it in that direction at all? Yeah, we're going to add a lot of video content. Uh, with the show, we're going to create, uh, there's going to be a portion of the show that's going to be live video of us doing the show, and, and people can talk with us, chat with us. We can bring uh, listeners on that want to ask questions, they can ask questions. And there's going to be a lot that we're doing out in the field that's going to be a lot of video content too as well. Things to look for. You know, right now there's a lot of things to where, I know like Will and I have said in the past, hey, look for this or hey, look for that. And we really haven't done a great job at describing what to look for. And so on the website, we're going to have not only photos, but we're going to have videos of, of different things to look for when you're out there. And just overall, there's going to be a lot of video content on the site. Yeah, it'll, it, it'll be a much better platform, I think, than anything else is out that's out there currently. So, well, like you mentioned, it'll be, it'll be the go-to place for people if they really want to learn about the subject or see what's new going on. Yeah, the content will be much, it'll be well worth, you know, the, the little bit that we're going to be charging for it. Nice little one-stop cross-referencing site. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think it's important, too, to note that it's not... You know, we're not charging to make a buck off anything. We're charging for to create all this extra content, to add more to the show, uh, to offset some of those costs. No one's getting rich off this. All right. Well, I guess enough business talk. On the last show, we had Bruce on, and Bruce wanted to share some more encounters that he's heard through the tribe and, and another encounter that happened to him. And I know on the last show we ran out of time, but I wanted to bring Bruce back to to share those encounters with us. Thanks for having me back. Hi Bruce, how you doing? Hey Will. Well, we we finished off the last show. You were you were telling us about your first encounter. And so let's go from there. You had another incident that you were involved in. When I was a teenager, we were sitting around behind my house in a little a little stash spot we had where we used to drink beer and hang out. It was probably about a hundred yards behind my house in a new building that they built. We just we had just gotten a case of beer and we were, there was four of us and we were all sitting around. The dogs around the corner, around the back side of the building, were going nuts. The dogs, you know, they bark around when people walk by and stuff, but it was different. There was three houses in all three houses, all three dogs at the three houses were all freaking out, barking around all hard. Nobody really paid attention to it. I kind of got up and walked out to look around over towards the houses and something caught my eye, a little bit of movement. And I looked at this big 
this uh, tree, and it looked like something was peeking out from behind the tree. I thought my eyes were playing tricks on me because it was dark out, and uh, I was staring at it for a long time, and then it then it moved back behind the tree, and I was like, oh, man. And I was like, what the hell? Peeked its head back out again, and it was big, and it was black, and it went back behind the tree again. And I told my buddies, I was like, hey, man, we got to get out of here. Go oh, whatever, man, you all right? And I was like, no, man, something, something, I just seen something. I was like, no, man, I'm I'm, I'm not kidding. We got to go. I just seen something back here. I told them, oh, well, I'm the one who bought all the beer, so I'm taking a beer with me, and we're going underneath a big, a big new light that they put up. And if you guys want to drink some of this beer with me, you're going to have to go with me. And they kind of all got serious for a second and said, oh, he's not kidding, man. And everybody packed everything up, and we all took off and went and sat underneath the light. And we had our neighborhood dog that we used to like to take with us because he was like a early warning sign of anything that was going wrong at nighttime. And he liked to sit with us at night when we kicked back in the neighborhood. I was kind of freaked out. And Did anybody the else do around there? No. Well, people had their little stories of hearing things walking around their houses and uh, and hearing things screaming around. But not not real often, you know. You hear a story every now and then. The next day, we were walking by the area where this tree was at. The tree was probably about 15 feet tall. We went around the back of this little tree that it was peeking around from behind, and the grass was probably about chest high. It was really tall grass, and behind that tree, the, all the grass was all smashed down. And there was a little trail walking off towards the trees in that tall grass. And I was kind of, whoa. And it was like, holy smokes. And I was, I was with one of my buddies that next day that when we walked back there to look for prints or whatever. And he, he was like, oh, man, you weren't kidding. And I was like, no, I told you guys I was serious, man. Yeah, you really did see something in there. Yeah, and it was big. Because the tree was about 15 feet tall and it was went about... It went about three-quarters of the way up the tree, so probably about 11, 12 feet tall. So that was your first encounter. What about your second? Yeah. My second one was uh, we were, it was late at night. It was about 11 o'clock, and we are coming out of this this uh, housing project that, that had a long, a really long, dark road on it that went out to the highway. We just left the all the houses and we were coming around this bend that went to the the left. It looked like there was somebody tall standing on the side of the road. One of us, I can't remember me or my cousin, he said, uh, he said, oh, who's that? It must be Lyle because there's this guy that's one tall, pretty tall guy that we have around the neighborhood and corner and it it was facing to our left and it was looking down at the ground and he flipped his high beams on it, right on it, and it looked up and turned towards us. And that was the one that um, he actually didn't didn't use his neck at all. His whole body lifted up, and his whole shoulders and everything turned and looked right right at us. And we went right by it, probably about 
it was probably about maybe 10 feet off the road and we went past it and we just got a really good look at it and we got past it and both of us looked at each other at the same time and at the exact same time we're like did you see that and we just punched it and hauled ass out of there but that one he looked really big what did you do as you went by it he just watched us go by he looked right into our headlights and went by and what was weird about that one was he uh he his eyes didn't shine on us at all when we had the light shining right in his face i don't know if that was the angle he was looking at us or what but yeah it could have been he, we got a real good look at him. He said his hair was really long. He had really long hair, like, uh, I don't know, like like the Boggy Creek monster one. Mm-hmm, right. Where it looked, the, like the picture on the front where it looks like his hair is really long. He seemed like he had real long hair all over his whole body. And you could see him from, like, the knees, from the knees up. And his, the hair on his... Yeah, it looked right at his face. It just, uh, there was no, we couldn't see any skin. You could see his eyes and his, and his nose just looked like a, like a person. But around his mouth, it was, uh, really, really hairy. So you couldn't really see an opening of his mouth at all. Like a mustache and a beard, kind of. Couldn't see, couldn't see any ears. And his head was, he was, his shoulders were really big and his head was like sitting right on top of his shoulders where he looked like he was really muscular in his neck. He didn't open his mouth. He just turned and faced us and gave us a good look at, you know, right at him. And which was scary because he looked right at us when we were going by. That That's very similar to the ones that I saw in Graham, you know, with yeah. the longer hair. And a lot of people will ask details of faces. And a lot of times, you don't get a lot of detail if their mouth was closed because of all that hair. Yeah. His uh his hair on his hands at the end of his arms seemed like it was longer down down below his hands. It was uh hanging over so you couldn't see too much detail in the fingers. It was like really long at the wrists. Hey Bruce, I'm curious, what did your friend say as you passed by and you guys looked at each other? What did he say to you? He said, did you see that? We both said it at the same time, and that's pretty much all we said. And we just, boom, just punched it and got out of there as quick as we could. And when we got home, we I was asking him what he seen. And he said, I seen it look like a look like a Bigfoot. Yeah. How tall would you estimate the creature was? It was, it seemed like a normal height of uh of a person i would so what, when what we seen it looked like it was about maybe six foot or or maybe a little bit more than that that's the thing is when we actually went back the next day to look you know where we seen it at and right there in that spot where we seen it we come around the corner we were walking and uh it was standing on this little trail that was off to the side of the road but the trail went down below the road about four feet where he was standing so it he when we were standing down there it was like it was more like up to our waist the the side of the road and when he was standing there it was like up to his knees so it was like it was like 10 feet tall or something like that how far from that 
uh, location to the first location you saw one was, um, I guess what I'm asking is, what? how far away was that from the first time you saw one? Oh, for, um, just from my house, it was probably about about a half a mile, probably. So it's in the same area, generally. Yeah, it was like, um, you got to take a couple little, a turn on the highway and then another turn left on the, and is on the other side of the highway where we, and down the road about 300 feet is where I've seen the first one at. And then, uh, yeah. And what time of year was that? The, this, this last one, it was fall. It was like October, I do believe. And when, when was the first one, the first encounter? The first one? Let's see. Summer was just over and school started. I think it was around November. Yeah, so they're they're coming around. They're right around that same time frame. Yeah, it seems like um, when I was a little kid, and people used to talk about stuff happening around their houses and stuff. It was right around fall and winter. The end of fall and the beginning of winter is when I used to hear the stories of dogs barking and things screaming around. And that's the thing with these things. They'll a lot of times will come each year in roughly the same time frame to a certain area because that's where they're feeding during that time of year. Yeah, and the thing is, is back then, it wasn't so populated an area. There's there's a lot of buildings and houses and stuff that are that have gone up since then in the whole area, even east, west, and north and south of it. So it's, it's a lot different now. And that's out around Compared to back right? when I was younger. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember what that area was like back in the 70s. There wasn't a whole lot out there. Yeah, it was it was pretty dense, pretty Just sparse. a small logging town back then. It was more like uh, farms and cow fields, you know. The right. houses were a long ways away from each other. Bruce, I was wondering, in any of your encounters, did you, you know, besides the, just being afraid of it, did you have an intense feeling of, dread or nauseousness or um, or anything like that no no it was just i was just really scared it, it really just scared me just how big it is and nighttime and hairy you know it, it scared me mm-hmm. i was scared and bruce you said you had you had talked with the tribal elders and you wanted to share some stories from from what you had heard i was wondering if you'd share some of those with us I have my, my grandpa. He used to have this uh, shed. It was a, a smokehouse where he smoked the fish and the and the deer meat and the elk meat behind his house. And he lived right next door to me. And I used to ask him about. He when when I was really young, he was like 80 years old. So I'd ask him about questions when I was a kid about about Bigfoots and stuff, and he said. He wouldn't really tell me much. He told me that he would, every year in the middle of winter, he would um, take some dried fish, some smoked fish, and he would uh, lay about three of them all the way at the top of the smokehouse for them, and they would come get them. And the, the smokehouse was actually tall. It was probably about nine feet tall. And they would come and take them. He'd leave it there for them. And he said he wouldn't do it all the time, but that's what time of year he'd do it when he would do it. After he passed away, my I I was hearing things around the house in the middle of winter one year, 
and this was after my mom moved out, and I I I inherited the house from my father, and I was home alone, and I seen this big shadow go across the window, and I was hearing these tapping on top of the house, like all the way at the very top of the house, at the, at the top of the rise. You could hear something walking by tapping on top of the house. This was kind of bugging me for about a week, and I I went over to see my my cousin who who's a neighbor next to me and she said that she's having these really bad dreams about a about a Sasquatch coming into her house and sitting on her couch telling her that he was sick and he was really gray and old and uh she told me that she thinks that the fish that Gramps used to leave for him helped him and that I should uh go and plant some fish up there in that spot. Because the, the house was gone, but the smokehouse was still standing. So I took some smoked fish, and I went and climbed up there and left it up there. Um, and about three nights later, it was all gone. After that, it quit bothering me and her, because I asked her if she was uh, if, we, if we were still coming around her house or if she was still dreaming. And she said no, and I said I haven't been getting bothered at nighttime either. It's very interesting. It was your cousin that lived next door, right? Yeah, she was a did single. She, she was a single mom. Did she ever have her own personal encounters? Obviously, she must have if she's dreaming about it. Yeah, I think she said that she's had uh, something shake her house around one time, like like because her house was it wasn't really on a foundation. It was kind of on like some some bricks holding it up from underneath and she said that someone was actually moving her house around shaking her house grabbing it by the corner and shaking it around and she said a couple times when she was coming home late she could hear something screaming out in the back in the field back by that area I was telling you where we were hanging around and I seen that one peeking at me she said she heard some screaming from back that way well they've been hanging around there pretty often then yeah Back back when we were younger, I think they were more around. I I had this neighbor kid. Well, he was he was probably about five years older than me. Parents wouldn't really let him out, let him go out and hang out with us too much. And uh, I would go down and see him, and he was kind of I don't know what it was, but he was he'd always have these stories about seeing something walking around back in the field behind his house and and hearing stuff and it seemed like when I was with him that's when weird stuff would happen you hear something screaming in the woods you hear something crashing around out in the woods mm-hmm. and if I wasn't with him a lot of that wouldn't happen we'd go play around at night time and we wouldn't hardly hear anything but something about him was I think he I think he would sneak out at, at night because his parents wouldn't let him hardly go anywhere or anything and I think he would go out and actually interact with them or something because he had something. He knew them or something weird. Right, right. Well, very interesting, Bruce. Yeah, sounds like a busy mm-hmm. place. Oh, uh, yeah. It used to be a long time ago when I was younger, but it's, it's not so much now. You know, the job I do now, we drive around a lot at nighttime and we check all these gates down to the river and walk around these buildings near these woods and stuff and a lot of my friends have told me stories about 
on the job. We have a we have a new amphitheater that we have up here where we have all the concerts and everything. One of my coworkers was sitting. He was doing paperwork with his windows down one night, and he heard something screaming really loud, and he heard it three times. He shut his car off and listened and turned his radio off, and, and he heard it one last time really good and clear. And then he said about 15 minutes later, one of my other coworkers had called him and said, hey, uh, we need you to come over here to the amphitheater. The, the nighttime security over here needs to make a report. And he's like, a report about what? He said, they see something in the back. But right near the fence that was big and hairy and walking away through the back side of the fence and they want to know who to report it to and and my work coworkers is like, uh, I have no idea. They were like, Should we call the sheriff or who do we call? And they're like, Well, I don't know who to report it to But the but the guys that seen it that worked at the amphitheater, they were they weren't local people, they were from, you know, out of town. They were from like Seattle or something. They're definitely still coming around then occasionally. It's, you're right, it's not as much as it used to be, but um, because they used to come down in those areas a lot more often back, you know, in the 60s and 70s and even in yeah. the 80s. But, um, you know, with all the building in that area, that area is really, uh, the whole South Puget Sound area is built up so much. Uh, but they do still yeah. come down occasionally and, and where they can. Me and some of my buddies, we, we go out and sit around at night and, you know, we don't really go looking for them or anything, but we go out down to the river and and build a fire and sit around and listen for noises and we get we get some activity sometimes like whoops and uh and sometimes really loud screams and we're all there's a few of us that are interested in the subject and we after I found your guys' show, I introduced them to it and now we all all of us are introducing our friends into it. Oh, and we like nice. listening to you guys, so we look forward to listening to every Sunday. We think appreciate you guys do an awesome job. Yeah, thank you so much, Bruce. Appreciate you uh appreciate you sharing your your stories with us. So yeah, I'm glad you guys had me on. I was hoping you guys would have liked, you know, my email. I know it was a pretty long and rambling email without the punctuation and everything. <laughs> nah, you did good. You did good. I appreciate you sharing your encounter Absolutely. and the stories that you've heard around there. So we really do appreciate you coming on. Yeah, those are great. You guys are cool. You guys are cool. <laughs> thanks, man. Yeah, I want to say thanks to Shannon and Will. You guys are awesome. Thank you, you guys Bruce. Are an awesome show. What about Wes? He's not too bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I talk to you on email all the time. <laughs> yeah, he'll say thank you later. <laughs> yeah, yep. I really one guy no, it was an honor to talk to you guys. All right, buddy. Thanks for coming on. We really do appreciate it. All right. You guys have a good day. You too. All right, Bruce. You too. Bye-bye, Bruce. You know, some people might think that's odd that you're dreaming about Sasquatch and you're having weird dreams. After my encounter, man, I dreamt, I'm telling you, Shannon and Will, I dreamt about uh, Sasquatch for months afterwards. I mean, that's all, it, it almost got to the point to where I couldn't sleep. I really didn't want to sleep because that's all I thought about. That's all, it's like I would replay, yeah. during the day, I would replay the encounter over and over and over again in my head. 
And then at night when I slept, it was like torture. It was like, that's all I dreamt about. I don't think that's unusual because after all these years, I'll still have a nightmare occasionally about my first encounter. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's something that just, that fear just doesn't go away. We got to get Shannon to have an encounter. I was just going to say, and I'm still the nut. I'm still like the nut over here, like raising my hand, like, I want to see one. Like, you know, I'm still one of those. Sure you do. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. Yeah, That's I know. Right. Oh, That's right. I find it fascinating that people like Shannon who have an interest in this, and I would say it's the bulk of the people out there who have a general mm-hmm. interest in this and have never had an encounter, but kind of look at the subject and go, you know, is everyone lying? Is everyone full of BS or is there something actually out there? And then there's the other side of it where it's like Will and I where we were kind of pushed into uh, the subject because we had an encounter. I know, Will, when you had your encounter, you were 14. I doubt right. Sasquatch was anything on your mind. And just oh, like no. Woody and yeah. I. and there was, Right, you guys you know, never expected that. Yeah, it was the last thing on our mind. Exactly. Yeah, you know, we we had seen tracks a couple of years before, but you know, by that point, you know, you're your kid, you forget about things pretty fast, especially if there isn't, you know, yeah. that constant stimulation. I figured, hell, I'm going to go out and shoot a shoot a small animal. My dogs are raising hell about, you know, and and, and Western Woody, of course, you guys, you know, had a lot of a lot of other things in your minds, and you know, wham! All of a sudden, you're in this uh, terrifying situation. And, um, you know, that's just it. You don't ask for it when you, and you're thrown into these things and you're kind of, you're kind of stuck with it the rest of your life. Yeah. And that's when, when you hear about the telepathy and you hear about the different dimensions and you hear about, um, all of the weird stuff that goes along with this, it's almost kind of offensive because what I saw wasn't. I was just going to say it kind of pisses you off. Yeah, it kind of pisses yeah. you off because what I saw wasn't anything weird like this. What I saw was a wild animal out there running around, Absolutely. a wild animal I've never seen before, but it was a wild animal I've never, you know. And so when you, you hear about all of these different dimension jumpings, you hear about all this telepathy, you hear about um, the weirder side of this topic, it's almost kind of offensive. Yeah, you have to ask, what the hell are these people talking about? Are they crazy? I was just going to say, as somebody who's you know, just been on the listening into things and taking it all in, you know, when, when Wes would describe it as, first of all, it was like King Kong out there. And second of all, there was no way they had enough guns and ammunition to even think of handling any sort of business with these things. Um, that always stuck with me. And they're sitting in a vehicle. Yeah. And people come up with this crazy stuff and it really, it diminishes what can, is most often a really terrifying encounter. With a real animal, yeah. it's not, you know, and, and yeah. or, the, or the 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 forest friends or, or some of that other nonsense mm. that goes on out there, um, you know, those people would probably wet themselves if they actually saw one. At the very least. <laughs> At the very least. Next on the show, we have Dave, and Dave had a couple encounters he wanted to share with us, so I wanted to welcome Dave to the show. Hey man, glad to talk to you guys. Hey, good to talk with you. Hi, Dave. How are you this evening? I'm pretty good. Anxious to talk about what I've seen down here since everybody in the state that I've talked to about it seems to laugh their head off or gives me that drifting off look. Okay, well, we're not going to do that. So um, how long ago was the event? Once was this incident? 
Uh, probably about a month ago now. Tell us what you were doing just prior to the incident that particular day, and then walk us into the uh, events as they happened. Well, I take my kids out there because um, they got a really nice bike path. It goes about six and a half miles deep out through the swamps, and uh, it's a real nice bike path. It's broad enough that you can drive a car down. But there wasn't a lot of people out there that day. It was like a Tuesday or something, and there was you know maybe one or two bicyclists that went by it. But uh, my daughter was riding her bike, and I had my one-and-a-half-year-old in the stroller. So I'm pushing her, and you know most one-and-a-half-year-olds aren't very quiet, so Kenzie started to cry a little bit. So while we was walking, and she was crying, I could hear something to my right over in the swamps. Because it was like breaking stuff. It was kind of loud. It was very noticeable. So I stopped, and I tried to listen, and I thought it was pretty odd. Um, so we just kept going. I started pushing the stroller. Kaylin was riding her bike. We get up about a mile and a half, and I hear something to my left. There's still something going on the right, but there's something on my left that you can absolutely feel running through the woods. It was running full speed, as fast as it could go. I could not see it. I stopped to try to get, you know, some sort of motion in the in the swamps or in the woods or tell where it was coming from. But it sure enough passed us and got up, you know, pretty far away, so I wasn't concerned about it. So we're walking, stuff's breaking to the right. That thing's running to the left. And it's, it's not like it was uh, – I've never felt footsteps before in my life. Um, but you can audibly hear it. You can hear it running, and you could feel it your whole body and my kids freaking out a little bit and I was kind of freaking out because I've never heard anything that big running through the woods and it was a bipedal it was completely bipedal so we, it runs up past us so we're all taking our time going by you know going walking there's nobody's down the bike path we're probably about three miles deep it gets up into this place where there's a um, a power line that cross through the park a big bunch of power lines and they sometimes ride horses back there on that trail but well, we about a quarter mile was in visual sight of that coming around the corner, and I heard something snap to the left, which was the same side that we heard them footsteps and stuff running up on. So I was, the humidity down here is ridiculous. So I was sweating pretty bad. It was three miles deep in there with my kid pushing the stroller. So I worked up a pretty good sweat. So I pulled out my iPhone, was getting ready to see if I could take a picture of whatever it was, and was just curious, was kind of bracing for something. And sure enough, man, about 10 feet away, something stands up and takes off running, it's fast. I mean, within like two seconds, it was completely out of sight. But it was, uh, I was standing up on this, this road, which is easily a foot taller than the, than the lowland area below it. They built it up so you could drive on it. This thing was a foot taller than I was, and it was brown and had like golden blonde tips. Um, it was either blonde or white tips on its fur. It was, um, it was big, and I, it didn't, I didn't see its head, but I seen the back of its head, and it was standing over about six foot tall, uh, cypress bushes that they have down there that look like, I don't know what exactly they're called, palm nettles or something. But it was ridiculous and scared the crap out of me. And my daughter happened to see it, and she said, Daddy, did you see that big monkey? And I said, um, that wasn't a monkey, KK. <laughs> so she saw yeah. it, I saw it. And I, I was sweaty. I was trying to take a picture of it, and I dropped my iPhone and shattered the face of my iPhone. So it was a, a bad day for that, but uh, ultimately, we turned around as soon as we saw that because I got really nervous that that was that close to the road. I didn't feel comfortable. It was far away when it was running, but when it got when we got up to it, it took off running ten foot away from me and just was completely gone out of sight. Scared the crap out of me. Never seen anything like it. Um, that collar, and I say that collar because two years prior to that, on the same track of land, it's called Starkey, 
and there's a big ranch off the side of this major highway. And there's nothing but cattle and just acres and hundreds of acres of land that's attached to this wilderness park. I was driving down this highway, and I happened to look over to my left, and about 100 feet off in broad daylight, it was probably 7 o'clock in the afternoon, broad daylight, there's this huge uh, black and gray creature that looked like uh, Brock Lesnar, but covered in hair and probably eight and a half, nine feet tall. They say these swampings down here are small. I beg to differ. I was as close as I ever wanted to get to anything like that. I was standing at the fence, and I was so concerned about it. I picked up the phone, and I called my girlfriend. I asked her, what do I do? I'm literally standing here in broad daylight watching this Bigfoot-looking creature. I said, do I call the cops? Do I call the news? And she said, well, if you call the cops, we're going to come Baker at you. This is like a loony bin type thing. So I went out to the side of the highway, and I literally tried to flag people down just to get anybody to witness what I was seeing. But I was as close as I ever wanted to get to it. It was the most yeah. enormous-sized creature I've ever seen. It was peeking its head around, looking at these cattle. It was just patches of wood, really thick swamp-like woods, and then there's cattle grazing in between these patches. And uh, it was like kept walking around pacing, was peeking around the trees, looking at these cattle, and I watched it for a good 10 minutes. So that's my Florida. The one you saw in Florida, was it a daytime sighting? Was it a nighttime sighting? Both of them was daytime settings. Um, if you look on my Facebook page, I think I, I don't know if I sent you a friend's request. I know that's how I contacted you. I have a picture of something that was that uh, was breaking trees a couple years ago that we was walking around and the sun was in our eyes. So I told Tammy, she was out with me we, at the time. Kaylin was like a one-and-a-half-year-old kid, and she was crying and screaming in her stroller. And it seems like the babies crying absolutely draws these things' attention, and they're either curious or... I have no idea why they, why they would want to come see that, but it uh, seems to draw their attention on both occasions out of Starkey in the park. Um, there's been stuff out there, and one of them I took a picture of it, of something peeking behind a tree and then running away. And I, it, It's on two feet. You can see the black figure running away, but the, the headshot I zoomed in on because I didn't have – I had like a crappy AT&T flip phone camera, one of the early ones. So the pixels are really kind of not that good. Um, but you're welcome to look on that uh, and check that picture out and tell me what you think, or I can send it to you. And, and Dave, I'm sorry, was the picture that you got from uh, the sighting where you saw it for about 10 minutes, is that where you got the picture from? No, it's about five minutes from there, five or ten minutes. It was on the same track of land. It all connects to it. Okay. And um, I think that you can even file a um, – I don't know how you get information from rangers, but – Two weeks prior to mine, because I went and talked to a ranger after I'd seen that out there uh, this past time, and I told him what I saw, and he did not look surprised at all. He said there was a 65-year-old lady, like a week and a half before, who was on the on the uh, hiking path. And I take my kids on the bike path. This lady was on the hiking path, which is goes through the jungle. It's winding. It's a very narrow uh, walkway. Some some places it's only you know broad enough that you can touch grass on both sides or you know vegetation. It's that close. So she had said that she was within 20 feet of some Bigfoot-looking creature that, that was staring her straight in the eyes, and she was crying, and there's a Bigfoot report at that park. And I, I mentioned that to him, and uh, he said, well, that's not the only thing. There's a lot of stuff that we can't seem to explain out here. And they started going into tree breaks and the noises. Um, they have a primitive campground about four and a half miles deep away from everybody where you have to hike back in. And he says there's been campers come out and make reports of that place, too. So I'm not the only one to see stuff out there, but I think I'm the only one who's got a picture of it. It's pretty interesting. We'll have to check that out. 
Yeah, it's, it's pretty unnerving, to be honest with you. But kids bring them in. The sound of a kid crying on both occasions is, is the only thing that they had in common. You know, it was both daytime sightings. I don't go out there at night, you know, it's, uh, park closes at 8 o'clock and I'm usually gone, but, you know, half an hour before then. Well, go ahead, Dave. I didn't mean to cut you off. You said you, you had an encounter in Michigan? Yeah, the first year of, uh, deer hunting season in 2006, it was, uh, we went scouting, um, a couple weeks prior to the opening day of deer season and I was in this place called Portland, Michigan. And DNR says that there's an average of 99 deer per square mile. Which, you know, ideally being us, uh, me and my brother being hunters, that was a great place for us to look. So we found some state land out there that bordered up against the, um, the Grand River. And it kind of was in like a triangle area. You know, it went into like a residential area, but it was also cut off by the roads on the right, which, you know, was a couple miles away. And then on the left side was, um, was the Grand River. So it, it was a funnel. So we thought that was a great area. There was some grass there for the, you know, deers and stuff to eat on. And there was persimmon trees and there was some apple trees. So it was a great spot to put up a tree. So I'm trying to find a tree in that area, general vicinity, that's not right up on where my brother's hunting, that I could hunt as well. So I found, I started wandering around about 35, 40 yards in, you know, just trying to look for a perfect tree and find a place to put my climber at. Well, I ran across this, the best way I can put it is, um, an earth vegetation made igloo that was taller than me. And it was completely made out of vegetation that was laying around or was around there and it was very well made. Um, so I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. So I got down on my hands and knees and I crawled through the, the entrance of it. And there was no holes for guns or bows or anything to be looking out of. It was not no hunter's blind. There was no way that that was a hunter's blind. And it was absolutely enormous inside. You could probably fit four or five people inside of that thing. So I thought, wow, that's pretty creepy, and I told my brother about it, and I ended up finding a tree about 35, 40 yards away from there, bordering that field I was telling you about. Well, opening day of uh, bow season, we get out there October 1st, and it's um, about 3 o'clock in the morning. We leave the house. We want to get out in the woods by about 3.30, quarter to 4, and let the woods settle down. And uh, we both wore scent lock suits, and we did real good scent management and stuff to make sure that we didn't have any kind of odor or anything on us to to uh, scare the, the deer away because there was an awful lot of deer in there in that particular area. So, to make a long story short, I put my tree climber up there. I get all settled in, about 4 o'clock rolls around, and I start hearing something coming from that area. Now, I'm telling you, I'm, in, I'm up in a tree about 18 feet in a climber, and I don't have a weapon with me. All I have is my, my bow and arrow. And something walks straight from where that uh, igloo-looking structure thing was right underneath my tree, and it felt like it was right at my feet, and it was sniffing, and it was, you know, real deep sniffs and stuff, and I'm telling you, I've never been more horrified as a grown man in my whole life. I thought I could hear my heartbeat. I was holding my breath. Uh, I didn't have a flashlight or anything, but something came directly underneath my tree stand and started sniffing me. Now, I know game. I hunt a lot. I've hunted ever since I was a kid. Game does not come straight to you where you're at, where your location is. Ever. So the best assumption I can I can provide is that uh, that thing smelled me in his home or whatever it was and decided to pay me a visit. Yeah, I knew right where you were. Yeah, I knew exactly where I was. Walked straight to my tree and stood directly underneath it. And I've, I've heard deer snore. And I've heard, you know, the game of Michigan, there's not, not a whole lot up there that makes that kind of noise. Um, 
Never in my life have I been more afraid than I was that morning. And, you know, what was I going to do? I couldn't, even if I had a flashlight, I had a bow and arrow. I wasn't going to be able to just draw up on this thing in the darkness. It was a pretty, pretty scary night, pretty scary morning. So I couldn't wait for daylight to come up. And when it did, um, I got down off my tree stand where I could see everything, and I went over to my brother's tree stand, and we called it an early day. Dave, how far was your brother's tree stand from yours? About 150 yards. And uh, honestly, I almost, you know, don't think that I'm some sort of a wimp or something, but he's my older brother, and he's always been very protective. And I'm in, you know, at the time, I'm you know, in my mid-30s. And I really wasn't afraid of anything. I was bigger than Danny, but I almost called his name. Um, because I wanted him to know that something, you know, something bad was about to happen. I had this crazy fear inside my chest that I just... And how long did it stay there? Uh, it stood underneath the tree about, I don't know, 25, 30 seconds. And then it just walked off on two legs and just, you know, went on out, out of out of hearing. But uh, I'm telling you, there's nothing in the woods that comes naturally to a, a human scent. We they, they fear us. They know what this is all about. And so, like right. I said, something smelled me, recognized me paid me a visit, and we didn't go hunting back there. But I can tell you exactly where it's located at. And uh, like Starkey, I think somebody should go out here to the Starkey Park and get enough people together and push these creatures out. You would be able to find one. I'm absolutely positive if we could just get enough people together to go out and push this park. Did you see any evidence uh, around the tree stand during the daytime? Around the tree stand during the daytime, there was a... there was grass and leaves and stuff below because this is October in Michigan. That's when the leaves start turning, leaves start falling, right. and whatever was walking there, there was no, that left no tracks that okay. I could see. And I wasn't sticking around long enough to start poking through some leaves. Right, right. <laughs> Don't blame you. Now, when I was younger and I was a kid in Ohio, I was maybe 12 years old, and this is in southern Ohio where there's plenty of hills and plenty of country people and it was few houses you know all scattered out over miles there was no real close neighbors so my grandfather lived at the back of this dead end hollow and they had a you know cow farm and this that the other and raised everything they ate off the land and he had a turkey die so he told me to take that turkey and grab it by the ankles and walk it up you know through the power lines up to the edge of his property and chuck it over the fence well i was just a kid and i wanted to make my grandpa proud so i grabbed that dead turkey and i took off walking and uh, I stood over the fence. It was probably maybe, you know, three-quarters of a mile, maybe a mile away from the house, you know, up through the woods on these power lines. I threw this thing over the fence, and I take off walking back. And there's a patch of trees. Like I said, where cattle graze, there's usually some trees. There's coverage, especially in Ohio. And then there's grazing land. So some places you can see through the patch of trees to the, to, to the field on the other side. So you can see through the tree line. Well, there was something walking, pacing me that was absolutely huge. I never got a... Uh, a good sight of what it was, but it was bigger than me, and it was walking in the woods, and it looked like your prototypical Bigfoot of these days, because I didn't know what the heck it was. I went back and told my dad and my grandpa that there was some man up there on the hill. Well, grandpa, you know, said there's nobody supposed to be on this property, and this, that, the other, but uh, from a kid, we've seen uh, in the same area, me and my brother found footprints in the winter snow down in the creek that was bear footprints. It wasn't uh, bear as in B-E-A-R. There was bear as in B-A-R-E. And uh, in the creek, in the, you know, you can follow these tracks. But uh, they always went out to this edge of this cornfield, and, you know, I never went too much further past that. But very creepy. We thought that was kind of odd. People would be out there. Anybody would be out there barefoot in the snow and in the creek. So there's my occurrences. That's my uh, – I absolutely believe it, and I absolutely know in my heart that they are out there. And if uh, 
if I could even get a half a dozen people here, I'm sure that we could get evidence of this stuff, or especially in Starkey. And like I said, you can look it up. Maybe you can get a freedom of information, something to see what Starkey's Bigfoot reports are. I don't know how you go about doing that. But uh, the guy's name was uh, he was a pretty cool guy named Gabriel. He was one of the rangers out there. Um, he was telling me all about this stuff with the 65-year-old lady. I told him about my my sighting that I had out there. And uh, I, don't, I don't really like to bring my kids out there anymore. I take them to the playground. Uh, we don't go venturing on the bike paths. Um, we don't get on the hiking trails. We just stick to the you know the main road where there's traffic and where there's a playground. It's probably a good plan. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. take my kids out there again. It feels like they're bait when I take them out there, and it's not a real comforting feeling. Dave, after your experience uh, going hunting, did you stop hunting after that? No, I still like hunting, but I don't like hunting alone. I won't go hunting alone. Uh, my brother doesn't hunt alone now after that incident, that thing coming up underneath my tree stand. Uh, I'd love to go up to Portland and be able to pull pictures up and take pictures of that uh, nest if it's still there. But uh, that was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. It was like an inward made of vegetation. And it wasn't yeah, like branches and limbs and everything. It was like reeds and grass and everything else all woven in together to make this perfect igloo. Yeah, I'd like to see a picture of that if you uh, get back up that way. Yeah, I absolutely plan on it. And I've been trying to get my brother to go out there, but he can't get nobody to hike back with him the two miles on state land to go do it. And, you know, I imagine you could take a canoe or something down the ground and get off the same spot, but getting somebody to do something that's 1,100 miles away is, a little bit of a pain at times. And he's not interested in that anyhow. He's, you know, more scared of it than anything. He, he did research and crap up there, and then he started getting all freaked out about this dog man thing that they talked about up in Michigan. Um, since he right, saw that, right. he, he doesn't go hunting by himself. I'm down here in Florida where I thought everything was, you know, cool. I know what down here is, is, is uh, bad. You know, you don't go swimming in the ocean because of sharks, and you don't go swimming in the fresh water because of the, the uh, alligators. So, you know, <laughs> there's not a whole lot down here that's... Uh, it kind of coordinates in any direction you go. Right. That's my story, fellas. Um, it's been ridiculous. I told a couple different people, and I get this deer in the headlights just start staring off into space. Like, are you serious? I mean, so I, I'm a very sharp individual. I have perfect vision. There is no way I misinterpreted what I saw. And there's nothing in Starkey that I should have to look up a foot in the air at. I'm six foot tall. I'm 200 pounds. This thing dwarfed me like a little kid. And then took yeah. off running as fast as anything you've ever imagined. Yeah, I believe you. Well, I appreciate you sharing, Dave. Appreciate you coming on and sharing your encounter. Absolutely. Very interesting. Yeah, thank you, Dave. Oh, you're welcome. Would you uh, take a look at that Facebook thing? Are you going to send that to you, Woody, Wes? Yeah, please do. I will. I'll send that picture to you. You tell me. I don't know what we can do about the pixels on it because I zoomed in on it. And a couple of people on my friends list said that they could see a face. And a couple of other people are, you know, like, same deer in the headlights hillbilly thing. No, yeah, please send it over. I wonder if, uh, would it be okay if I post it on the fan page? Brother, you can post it wherever you like. Well, cool, but yeah. It's uh, definitely send... a face. You can see a brow. You can see the skin. The skin is shiny. You can see the hairline. You can see the eyes and the nose, and you can see the back on the other side of the tree. I don't see how there's any mistake in it. I see it perfectly. Yeah, be sure to yeah, send but... it to me too, Wes. Yeah, well. Okay, I, I absolutely will, as soon as I get home. Cool. Thank you so much, Dave. Absolutely. Hey, thank you, fellas, and I uh, love your podcast. I probably got every episode recorded on my iPhone, and, uh, you know, I listen to it because it, it's comforting to hear other people have similar accounts to what I was, to what I had. So, you know, it's it's, I, it's hard to talk, find anybody that wants to listen or will even appreciate the honesty that you're trying to give them. Well, you're, you're not alone, and, and believe me, uh, 
nobody here is laughing about your encounters. They're very legitimate. Yeah, and that's what I that's what I, I was hoping with you guys. You know, like I said, I listen to all your podcasts and stuff. I'm a huge fan. I think you guys do great work. And uh, if people collaborate and they work together, I don't think this thing would be a mystery too much longer. Exactly. Well said. Well, cool, man. Thank well, you so much. Oh, thank you, guys, and uh, you have a good one. It was nice talking to you. Nice meeting everybody. You guys have a good night. Well, he had some pretty interesting accounts. It's uh, a lot of material to absorb at once. I was thinking yeah, of yeah, questions, a lot of, and, he, a lot of action. and he just kept going and going. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah, he okay, covered all the bases. Me, yeah, it's like, let me let me let this sink in. You know, sometimes I'm like that. It's like i got to think about things for a while before the questions come. That uh, that igloo was really that would be cr- really creepy to come upon something like that. You know, I'll tell you what. Our, our friend Wynn and uh, on the Flathead Reservation in Western Montana found something very similar to that recently. The location was odd. It's not where you know people would build some kind of a, a thing like that. It's you know I'm not I've never really heard that in Bigfoot the history circles before, but. Um, I can't say it's not possible, and we don't know, again, you know, with the different types of Sasquatches, uh, which one might actually build things like that, whereas the other ones, right. you know, never do. So there's a lot But of the dimensions were similar, like to where yeah, you could fit four or well, five people in there? Large, but they were, yeah, they, well, yeah, he said it was pretty big. I can't wait to get the picture from him. Yeah, it'll be interesting. All right, guys, we want to thank everybody for coming on, all of our guests tonight. To all of our listeners, of course, and we will see you guys next time. I'm